0: Well, hi there, guys. Thank you for listening to ABC's podcast today. Our prayer as you listen to this podcast is that it would truly be a blessing. Perhaps it may lead you to Christ for the very first time. Or if you know Christ, it'll definitely lead to a deeper commitment to Christ. But in the same breath, what we don't want is for these podcasts to be a replacement for your church. It just can't be. We believe that the gathering of believers, the local church, matters. It matters to you personally, your family, your family and the community the church is attached to. God's designed us for community with each other. So yes, we pray this podcast is a blessing, an encouragement, a challenge perhaps, definitely an installment moving you closer to Jesus, and we're excited that you're going to listen. But also know that we, it's not a replacement for church. And may God honor your faith as you listen, as you hear Him, and as you obey blessings everyone well hi everybody thank you for joining us today I trust that you've had a good week I trust you're ready for a new one and that after this morning's uh, focus on the word you are going to be faith-filled spirit-filled ready and uh, newly redeemed to take on the ministry and the calling God has put in your hands now, uh, just a few announcements before we get into this morning's session. Um, just want you to see what's behind me. You'll see that it's quite a remarkable display that uh, Myra Pickford has put on together for us. Thank you very much, Myra, for this beautiful piece of art. Uh, it just gives the whole setting here heart and we truly appreciate it. So um, guys, I-, I wish there was a scratch and sniff option on the video, then uh, you could smell what I'm smelling here, but it's pretty its pretty awesome. <laughs> okay, uh, you would have seen if, uh, that we have shared with families uh, Advent resources, family devotions, and our, our, on our right now Media channel, some Advent uh, resource material for you to view in preparation for Christmas. You would have also seen our baptism video as we anticipate our baptismal service on the 27th of December. Please share that liberally Um, Maybe you have got a friend or a family member that has yet to take the plunge, and uh, here's an opportunity to end 2020. That's our theme that Sunday, is that God's going to get the last word. God's going to get the last word of 2020, um, no matter what we've endured. Okay, Um, otherwise, all the other announcements and activities are in the bulletin. Take special note of our birthdays and anniversaries. Give them a call. Uh, The prayer requests as well. Keep them close to heart as we move forward hand in hand, toe to toe. Okay, now, however your Christmas is turning out to be. Now for some, it's gonna be a a busy time, a bit of a frenzy, getting everything ready, anticipating family and friends. For others, you know, we don't know what we're gonna call it. It's something completely different to what we've had before. Maybe no family, no friends are coming around uh, because everyone's in isolation and maybe you just don't know how it's gonna turn out. But either way, Either way, we want every believer to take hold of the Spirit of Christ in this Christmas because that's what's going to make it real. Amen? That's what's going to make it real. Whether you're busy or not so busy, it's the Christ Spirit in us that's going to make this a, a, a Christmas period. And uh, as we focus on Christ over the next few weeks, we have looked and we're taking a particular gaze at His priesthood, at His office of prophet, and His office as king. And I trust that as our hearts meditate on these aspects of who Jesus is, that truly your heart and your mind will be filled uh, again, reminded and struck in awe of the God that we serve going forward. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9 is where we will be. Uh, for the whole part, okay? Hebrews chapter 9, we'll be reading from verse 11 to 28. All right, Hebrews 9, 11 to 28. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, He went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say, is not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but He entered the most holy place once for all by His own blood, so obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of the heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they may out, are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, now that He has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. In the case of a will, it is necessary to prove the death of the one who made it, because a will is in force only when someone has died. It never takes effect while the one who made it is living. This is why even the first covenant was not put into effect without blood. When Moses had proclaimed every commandment of the Lord to all the people who took the blood of the calves together with water, scarlet wool and branches of hyssop and sprinkled the scroll and all the people, he said, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you to keep. In the same way, he sprinkled with the blood both the tabernacle and everything used in its ceremonies. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness. It was necessary then for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these sacrifices, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands. That was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again, the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with the blood that is not his own. Otherwise, Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But he has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by sacrificing himself. Just as people are destined to die once and after that face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and He will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for Him. And just so far, may God bless the reading of His Word to us today. Let's pray together. Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank You. Thank You for this moment that we have to draw near to You. We want to thank You for the Word that we have in our lap, And here before us, the opportunity to have it fed to us, explained, proportioned, prepared. And Lord, I would pray that what is of You would remain and what is not of You would be forgotten. I pray, God, that this Word would do its true work in us, mind, heart, and body. And truly, as it renews us, it would touch not just ourselves, but our loved ones, our community, our nation. We thank You, God, for this potential in this Word. We know it to be true. We know it to be effective, and we will pray we'd be ready to receive it, not as a word of a man, but as word of God himself. Lord, be glorified in all that is heard and done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, to get the, the inertia of the text that we're going to look at today, we need to go back and get the backstory, uh, two backstories very quickly. Okay. Uh, and the first backstory goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. There they are in the garden. They're in God's presence. They're commissioned to eat whatever, be productive, uh, have every tree in the garden, enjoy except for the one tree, right? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we know how the story goes. That one thing that they should not do, they do. They do, right? Um, the thing they're not supposed to do, they do. And today, even we still live under the weight of that, do we not? We still live under the weight. We all sin, okay? We know the pool of doing wrong. We know the pool. We know what temptation does and how that feels, all right? And so, by falling, breaking God's law, breaking, disobeying God, committing the sin, they are guilty it's just exposing how weak they are, how weak we are. And as a result of that, that guilt is laid on them. All right? There is a guilt on them. And we know in Genesis chapter 3, having eaten the fruit, their eyes are opened, they see their nakedness, and they sow these fig leaves and they go into hiding. That's significant. It's significant. What does eating fruit got to do with fig leaves? Because not only were they guilty, but eating the fruit, sinning, breaking God's moral law, rebelling, brings shame. Okay? It changes our personhood. So it's not just the external thing you're guilty. There's an internal thing that, that shifts. So there's shame. And we know how the story goes. That, well, God's going to pursue them, but sin and God can't coexist. They can't coexist. Before we get to the consequence of them being pushed out of the Garden of Eden, all right, Here we have God pursuing them, God coming after them. Adam, where are you? And there they are, hiding from God. There's the shame and the separation from God. Okay? But we also see God pursuing them. And what does God do? How good is God? He... They they kill an animal. They kill an animal. That animal pays the penalty for their sin. So that they are clothed, they are clothed, okay? And God God makes a way for their guilt to be dealt with. And God also makes a way for His presence to remain with them. But His presence can't coexist with sin. So there's a penalty, there's a blood sacrifice in order for that presence to remain. Now we know how the presence of God sort of swells over the whole Old Testament from uh, that single sacrifice to a sacrificial system, Sacrificial system, and how the presence of God grows as well with Adam and Eve, and then soon into a tabernacle, a tabernacle, and then the tabernacle develops into a a temple on Mount Moriah. Uh, well, let's back up a bit. There's a a pillar of a, a fire at night and a cloud in day. God's presence with His people, a tabernacle, and then a temple on Mount Moriah in the holy of holies. So, so know this, there is sin, brokenness, a breaking of God's law, a guilt, and a shame, and a death, and a, 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 them leaving God's presence, and you know, the two not coming together, but we also have another theme, and that is God's pursuing, God's presence, God's sacrificial system to make sure that presence stays with His people, okay? And now specifically, the, the the other backstory is this blood sacrifice system. Now that all culminated to a Day of Atonement. You remember this once a year event, where in Leviticus all the instructions are given to the first high priest, and the high priest would do what? Aaron would do what? He was to cleanse himself. He was to put on new clean clothes. All right, he had to qualify to make this sacrifice on behalf of other people. But first, he had to cleanse himself new clothes, he baths himself, he sacrifices a bull, uh, and sacrificing the bull and sprinkling the blood over the Ark of the Covenant, he now, that's his, you know, sacrifice for himself and his family's sin. And then two goats are brought. One goat is sacrificed, its blood is sprinkled over the Ark of the Covenant, again, representing forgiveness for the people of Israel, and the other goat symbolizing that the presence of God is, and the the people of God must coexist and the sin must leave, is that this goat, he puts his hands on this goat, the sins of Israel are transferred onto this goat, and this goat is released into the wilderness, Okay, symbolizing the the exit of sin, the year sin for God's people, and now with guilt, with forgiveness, and now with the presence of God, the people in God are one. That culminated into the Day of Atonement. Okay. God makes a way. God makes a way. God, that, so let's not lose that. It's God. It's God. It's God who makes a way. And we know that, friends, no one seeks God. The Bible tells us that we are dead without God. It is God who sought you. If you know God, you know God, not because you first loved Him. He first loved you and He sought you. He sought you. Dead dead people don't raise themselves to life. Dead people don't seek life. It's God who seeks them, God who pursues them and loves them despite their sin. Okay. So that's that's the backstory. That's the backstory. And now we come to our text, okay, with this backstory. And that's what the book of Hebrews does. The book of Hebrews is a a, a review of this Old Testament system. Okay, it's a review. And a review talks of all its positives and its negatives, right? Okay. So as we come to chapter 9, specifically verse 11, let's read from there. But when Christ came as high priest, so hold on. By saying that, did this system need something more? Was it lacking? Was there something insufficient? Was there a weakness? Yes, yes, yes. It it was good. It, It was good. The sacrificial system highlighted that we're guilty. It highlighted that there's a need for forgiveness. It highlighted that our sin is a gross offense to God, okay, because an animal had to be killed. Something else had to pay for that penalty, you know, make penalty for that. So it was good in that way. It pointed to a Messiah. So there's a lot of good in this system, but it was insufficient to do what exactly? To do what exactly? Well, we read it in verse 14. How much more then? will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself unblemished to God, here it is, comma, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death. So in other words, this Christ, this high priest, this perfect high priest, alone can do what? Cleanse the consciences of worshippers. The Old Testament, the sacrificial system, in all its good, did not have the capacity to do that it could cure the guilt it could bring forgiveness but it could not deal with the shame okay with the shame the personhood the personhood and so the blood sacrifice system was over and over and repeated remember All through the year there were sacrifices made it didn't stop the blood flowed it flowed because sin was a constant reality okay and even the day of atonement what happened after 365 days another day of atonement and so that was cyclical over and over why was it continuous because it could deal with the guilt but it could not change the man if it could change the man then there would only be one day of atonement. There we go. Done. Fixed. But it was over and over and over. It could not deal with the man. It could not deal with the shame in the man or in the woman. Okay. So by making this statement in verse 11, friends, as we anticipate Christmas, know this. Jesus Christ is the perfect high priest because He alone... It's a radical statement. You must understand that this is being written to Jewish people who would have been floored by this. What do you mean? Everything in my life has evolved around. I mean, what do you? What does your life revolve around? Everyone has a righteousness. You know that they have a righteousness they think will get them into heaven. Let me tell you. Without Jesus, no matter what your righteousness is, it is insufficient to cleanse the conscience. The only thing that's sufficient to cleanse the conscience is Jesus. He is the perfect high priest, and He alone can cleanse the conscience. can cleanse the conscience. So take that to, to heart uh, even this morning. Friends, you and I are broken people, broken, and we know it. The Lord tells us, our shame tells us, We know when we sin what happens with our relationship with God. You know, I know, everyone knows. (laughs) But this Jesus, this Jesus alone deals with our consciences and can cure us from all guilt and shame. And shame. All right. But Christ, verse 11, says, So this guilt and shame that we have is not without merit. It's not without merit, (laughs) friends. If we were to take a close, hard look at ourselves, we know there is a lot of good reason why we are guilty. There's a lot of good reason why you feel shame. There's a lot of good reason why you don't want to be in the presence of God, right? But Jesus tells us, the Gospel tells us, that we don't even know half of how bad we are. We don't know half of how bad we are um, and despite how bad we are jesus still loves us he still loves us he's still seeking us out he's still pursuing us we're worse than we think we're worse than we think but jesus loves us even more even more so that's the first point jesus is the perfect sacrifice because he alone deals with our guilt and our shame. Second, it says in verse 11, But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, what are the good things? What is the benefit of the sacrificial system? Well, it did two big things. It atoned for their sin, and it did. It atoned. And it purified them. It atoned and it purified. But this high priest, okay, but when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, Jesus does that. Jesus still does that. Uh, read with me with 1 John 1 John 2 1 to 2. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus Christ is the perfect sacrifice, and because He is the perfect sacrifice, He sufficiently atones and purifies for us. All right, back to verse 11. So he's the perfect high priest. He's the perfect sacrifice. Uh, Halfway through verse 11. He went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. Okay? And if you read on, you understand. Jesus, this perfect high priest, did not walk into a temple. He did not walk into the temple and into the Holy of Holies as the high priest did. Where. Where does Jesus go? Jesus walked into the presence of God Himself. Into the presence of God Himself. Into the dwelling place of God. He is a perfect high priest. Not a temporary dwelling. Not a building. More than that. Into heaven itself. So He is the perfect high priest. He is the perfect sacrifice. And He he has access to God. Perfectly. Perfectly, continuously, he has access to God. He is the ultimate high priest. Okay. Access to God. Think about the access to God, what that means for us. This presence of God that was swelling up from Adam and Eve, pillar of fire, uh, cloud of... in the day, tabernacle, temple, Jesus as our high priest. What, what happens after Jesus died? He he rose again and ascended and ascended. Why? So that the Comforter, the Counselor could come. The Holy Spirit could come and be with us. That's the presence of God. So that the presence of God could be with us. Us in Christ, Christ in us. And we're caught up into the swell because it's not done yet in the Holy Spirit, and in God, this is all going to come crashing down. Revelation 21, where God says, You will be my people, and I will be your God. Right? I will be with them. They will be my people. I will be their God, and I will wipe away every tear from their eye. That's going to be the presence of God. That's going to be the presence. This high priest achieves for us that reality and brings to us that great hope. So friends, a perfect high priest, a perfect sacrifice uh, into the perfect presence of God. And he's not done yet. All right. He says in verse 14, great, uh, more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say, it is not a part of creation. Okay. What does this mean for us this Christmas? What does this mean for us? Well, it means for us, first of all, that our consciences are cleansed. Our consciences are cleansed. Okay. Verse 14, How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself unblemished to God, here it is, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death. This perfect high priest changes your soul. Hallelujah. That's what this Jesus does. And this Jesus alone does that. He changes our character. So it is safe to say, I'm a sinner. I'm undone. I'm broken. I'm imperfect. Friends, it's safe to say that because you're worse than that. You know, you're worse than that. But it's safe to say that because Jesus mediates perfect for you and I fully atones fully past present and future and because of that the presence of God is brought into your being and he, t- he starts to change he starts to transform Tim Keller says this the gospel is this we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves as we ever dare to believe and at the same and time we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared to hope. What else does it mean? Well, verse 14, How through how much more then will the blood of Christ? What is going to cleanse our conscience alone? The blood of Christ. That is the perfect sacrifice by his own blood, are we cleansed, past, present, and future. Nothing else. That's what it means to us this Christmas. It is fully atoned for us. Verse 15. What does it mean for us this Christmas? For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Now, we talked about Jesus being our mediator last week, so watch that episode. But like I said... Here's what it means to us this Christmas. As Jesus is our perfect high priest, we have equal access to God. So, fully atoned, conscience cleansed, soul changed, all right, perfect sacrifice. No Yom Kippur is out of business. No more Day of Atonement, no repetitive sacrificial system. He's the perfect sacrifice and He is our mediator. We have access to God because of this now newfound presence in God, okay? And we have verse 16, In the case of a will, it is necessary to prove the death of the one who made it. Now he's talking about legal language now here, but this is what's added to us. If it couldn't get any better, he now says to us, Jesus is your perfect high priest because, like a will, Like a will, because of His death, burial, and resurrection, you and I have an inheritance. We have an inheritance that has come to life now. Those in Christ, uh, as Romans tells us, we are co-heirs with Him. Heirs. There is an inheritance that is for all of us. Whatever Christ has, you have. Isn't that amazing? That's what you have this Christmas. What more do you want? What more do we need? We have everything in Christ. Our guilt dealt with. Our shame renewed. A mediator, access to God, His presence. And because of this will, we have an inheritance to gain through Christ Jesus being our perfect High Priest. High Priest. So how do we conclude now? This is how we conclude. Verse 27, just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and He will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for Him. Okay, did you get that now? I know that as you walk in the malls now and see, you know, it's always surprised me. (laughs) Not surprised, it's surprised me less and less every year, but... All sorts of people celebrate Christmas. Everyone does. Uh, Muslims are, are opening presents. Hindus are opening presents. Atheists are probably sending presents to each other. <laughs> Everyone's celebrating Christmas. But friends, listen to me. Okay? Not everyone. Not everyone is going to have Christ's spirit. Not everyone. It's exclusive. Look here. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and He will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to everyone? No, no. To those who are waiting for Him. To those who are waiting for Him. So the question is, are you waiting for this one? For this one? Well, who's that? This perfect high priest. Who are you waiting for? That's the question to these these Jews at that time, where this author is telling them, look, you need to reconsider. Reconsider. The Old Testament covenant does not weigh up to this new covenant. It can't. It's insufficient. It's broken. Let me show you how, how it's broken. Compared to Christ, it doesn't compare. And so similarly, friends, you and I have this perfect high priest. Our guilt is completely taken care of. Our shame is removed. The presence of God is brought to bear. Uh, Our access to God is given to all in Christ. An inheritance is given to all who are in Christ. Who are you waiting for? Who are you waiting for? Are you waiting for that one? As you take hold of this Jesus Christ, this Christmas. Don't forego. Don't forego another day, another day's blessings. I know there is much, there is much sin. And uh, even in this Christmas, there will be a lot of sin. uh, A waste, you know, wasted opportunities, disobedience, rebellion, weakness. But uh, ABC, We have a perfect high priest who is sufficient to deal with that, if you will let him. If you will confess him, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin. And you not you need not waste this Christmas being joyless, being angry, being bitter, or wallowing in self-pity. You need not be sitting in guilt and shame. It may have merit, a lot of merit. But even if you got all those things right. You are far worse than that. Remember, far worse. Yet, Jesus still loves you. He still loves you. He's come for you. He's hounded you. And He showed you another way. Wait on Him. Wait on Him. And if you don't know this Jesus Christ, do you? if you're not sure you know Him as your personal Lord and Savior, who are you waiting for? Well, what is your plan? When you see God again, what, what are you going to say? What are, you, what are you putting your faith in? The people that were saved have only been saved by one thing, putting their faith in this one that is to come. That is, he and he alone is sufficient to save, because he's the only one that can remove our guilt, change our shame, bring the presence of God in, in eternal inheritance, and bring us to the access of God. And that will culminate one day when we will do this literally. Literally, we will see Jesus face to face. Literally, we'll be in the presence of God. Literally, we will be co-heir and reigning with Him. And I trust that everyone watching and everyone listening would have that shared experience in eternity with us today. ah, uh, In that day. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for This word. It's been long time coming. And at the appointed time, you sent your son. And at an appointed time, Lord, you revealed him to us. Thank you, God, for revealing him to us. I would pray, God, that as we take note of this aspect of this Savior, that he is our perfect high priest, as we take note of all that has been afforded to us, Father, would it amplify our worship this Christmas? Would it amplify our loyalty to you, our hunger for you, our desire to be in your presence? Thank you, God, for showing us again. We have no excuse not to pray, no excuse not to serve, not to love, not to give, not to be with you. For you've removed every obstacle in our way. We are free, free to fly, free to run, free to persevere in any suffering context. We are uninhibited to give you praise and to give you thanks and to give you glory. And Lord, I pray if you're working through anyone here this morning who's hearing this or watching this that does not know you, please, Lord, we pray, open their eyes. For you come only for a specific person, and that is to a person who is waiting on you. So change their disposition, Lord. Help them to let go of those things they were trusting in. It is insufficient. It cannot. It will not. It it does not have the power or the scope to change their personhood. Only you, Lord, have that. Our problem needed a God solution. And you've provided that solution in love. And I pray that today they would take hold of that, that forgiveness, this Savior who alone is sufficient to cleanse our conscience. They would take hold of him and find your presence. Know your peace and truly be changed day by day walking in your purposes, filled with the Spirit of God, anticipating a final redemption when you come again. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to our ABC podcast today. If you'd like to know more about ABC, then please check us out on Facebook, on YouTube, or our website. We also have resources we'd like to share freely to everyone uh, through Right Now Media. We have a channel with them and we'd love to share you that link. Just email us on totibaptists at gmail.com or WhatsApp us directly on 79 and we'll get you in touch with those links and resources. If you have a prayer request or an item of praise or a question, then also feel free to get in touch with us via those links. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and give you His peace.